Hi, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. For all of my American Fork friends or anyone who wants to travel to American Fork, I am excited to announce a live class starting Thursday, March 24th at the American Fork Library. This is a class and discussion group for moms to come together to learn and discuss the challenges of the work of mothering, how to navigate and heal from postpartum blues and depression, and how to give your kids a healthy, happy mother by becoming a healthy, happy you. It will be every Thursday from 10 to 11 a.m. It's a free class. You can register and get more information on maliawarner.com forward slash classes. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. This is episode seven, Permission to Play. So welcome, my friends, to an episode all about the power of play. I am excited for this episode. After last week's heavy topic, I am ready for an episode that is light, fun, even exhilarating. I have to start off by saying a special hello to anyone listening who knew me back when and who is thinking, she is doing an episode about play. What a laugh. Yes, I know. Please go ahead and laugh. I hope you have a fantastic laugh at my expense. Nothing would make me happier than for you to just be rolling on the floor in laughter. You're welcome. I am doing an episode about the power of play. When I lived in Arizona and my kids were young toddlers, there was a group of other young moms in my neighborhood who would get together on a weekday to play board games. So they would gather at like 10 o'clock in the morning and let the kids play together and just virtually run amok while they played, of all things, Settlers of Catan, which was then and is still my favorite board game. Did I ever play with them? Not once. Was I invited? Multiple times. Why didn't I go? Because of course I thought, what a horrific waste of time. I am not exaggerating. I was that judgmental. I glared right down my nose at their friendly invitation and thought, seriously, ladies, don't you have anything more productive to do? I used to be a real stick in the mud, a bump on the log. I contained the fun equivalency of an influenza infected decaying barrel of monkeys. Yeah, I was like a real joy to be around. So I have learned the very hard way that all work and no play makes Malia a huge bore and a drag to be around for sure. A huge part of my healing from depression and chronic illness, and I mean complete healing, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional healing, has been learning how to play. And I am not kidding about this. These days, I take my fun very seriously. When talking about play, I want to be very careful to differentiate the difference between play and distraction. Distractions are the things that we do when we just want to avoid the stuff that we have to do. This is pulling out the phones and mindlessly scrolling through Facebook. This is grabbing the TV remote control and mindlessly clicking through the channels, not really watching anything except commercials and just clicking and clicking and clicking. This is passing the kitchen cupboard and mindlessly reaching in, grabbing a handful of chocolate chips and scarfing them down without really tasting them. This can even be, quote, tidying the house by taking one thing into another room and finding something in that room that needs to go to another room and then finding something in that room that needs to go to another room and you're mindlessly taking things from here to there but really aren't tidying or organizing anything in the long run. Now, I don't know what it is for you. These are some of the things for me that are distractions. Psychology also refers to them as buffers. 
things that we do to buffer ourselves from the reality of life, things that we mindlessly default into doing when we don't want to face making a decision or doing things that we think we should do or we have to do or we ought to do. So we just go into these buffer zones. And the key word here is mindlessly, mindlessly eating, mindlessly surfing the internet, mindlessly browsing Amazon or mindlessly shopping online. These distractions and buffers eat up our time. They get us from one end of the hour to the other. But at the end of the day, they're the things that make us feel like our day has been busy, but not productive. Filling our day with a lot of distraction and buffering is what gives us that running on the hamster wheel kind of feeling. At the end of the day, we're exhausted from running, but we haven't really gotten anywhere. So play is not that. Play is not distraction. Play is not avoiding life. Play is being fully engaged in life. Another important point talking about play is asking, well, what is work and what is play? Growing up, my siblings and I, we would come in from outside dripping with sweat, dirty, our faces muddy, exhausted and starving. And my mom would say, wow, you guys have been playing so hard. And I remember my own kids being exhausted after a day of playing. Psychologists say that for children, their play is their work. Through play is the way that they develop their brains, their organizational ability, their structure of their brain, their role playing and discover how they fit into this world. So if play is work for children, what about us as adults? What is play for us and what is work for us? Let's look at some examples. Let's think about professional athletes. Right now in my house, my family is following the Utah Jazz basketball team. So if I were to ask Ricky Rubio or Donovan Mitchell or one of my favorite, Kyle Korver, or my best favorite, Rudy Gobert, because I would absolutely love to parler a little Francais avec Ruby Gobert. And if over a baguette sandwich, I could say, Rudy, que pensez-vous? What do you think? For you, is basketball jouer ou travailler? Play or work? And over our baguette sandwiches, Rudy would say, je ne sais pas, parce que... Tu es si belle. Je n'arrive plus à penser. And I would say, Oh, Rudy, tu es merveilleux, tu es magnifique. Même si tu n'as pas choisi d'être par l'équipe All-Star, des idiots. And we would eat our baguettes, and I would leave realizing that I never found out if he thought that basketball was work or play because I was so caught up listening to his French. So we'll move to another example. What about writing? What about a day when I spend hours and hours of writing? Is that work for me? Or is that play? Or how about being at home all day with little kids? Is that work? Or is that play? I guess that depends on who you ask. Dad goes to, quote, work, and mom stays home with the little kids all day. Or vice versa, I'm a modern woman, and the spouse comes home from the job thinking, wow, you've got it so easy, all you do is play with kids all day. And what do you think? Is being with little kids all day play or work? Jouer ou travailler? Years ago, there was a television reality show called Job Swap or Spouse Job Swap or something where the husband and wife would trade jobs for a day. And there was this one wife who was a television host and her job was to interview celebrities. And I can't remember what the husband did, but he thought that her work was so easy because she just got to smooge with celebrities all day. And then she thought whatever his job was, was pretty easy. So they swap for the day. And the husband ends up in the interview chair trying to ask intelligent questions to these celebrities. And I wish I could remember which celebrity he was because he really gave him a bad time. And he realizes that it's not so easy to come up with these questions and keep an interview engaging and ask fresh things that a gazillion other reporters haven't asked before. And so, you know, long story short, they gain an appreciation for each other. 
And then there was another episode where there was a husband and wife and the husband was a professional basketball player and the wife was the primary caregiver taking care of their children. And she thought he had it easy because, oh, he just got to go play sports all day. And he thought she had it so easy because she just got to play with kids all day. So they switch places. She goes to the basketball workout. He goes to spend the day with the kids, which includes having to go to Target to find a birthday party present with all three of the kids. And it was pretty hilarious watching her trying to play defense against men who were three times her height and him trying to wrestle three toddlers in a cart and choose an age-appropriate party gift. The point is that we get into this mode of competition with each other about who works harder because we reverence work almost to the point of worshiping work and we belittle or demean play. We honor, award, and celebrate the people who know how to work hard. When in actuality, some of the smartest people in the world are those who know how to play hard. So what is play? Play is discovery, exploration, experimentation, no expected results. We're just going to see what comes out of this. Play is behavior without function or purpose. We're not gathering food or building a shelter or preparing for self-defense. Play is very organic, natural. Also, play is active. There is a difference between play and rest. Both are important. In yoga, there's something called active resting poses. Downward facing dog is an example of an active resting pose. After you do a real strenuous series of movement and you need to recover your breath and your heart rate while continuing to stretch, you can go into downward facing dog, which allows you to recuperate while continuing to stretch and grow. Play is this way. Play is active rest. Play allows you to recover your energy and passion for life while continuing to stretch and grow. Play allows for risk-taking. While playing, you learn you can reach for that distant monkey bar, fall down, and live to tell about it. So why is play powerful? Why is play a power principle? Evolutionary biologists believe that play is one of the keys to our survival and that species that don't play actually don't survive. So play is essential to survive and to thrive in life. Think about these questions. When was the last time I played? What did I do? What was it? What did it look like? And how did I feel? Stuart Brown, a California psychiatrist who's known as the grandfather of play research, recognized that play was essential to human nature as far back as 1966. He found that playing freely as a child was a main key to being mentally healthy as an adult. Playful behavior can be observed in all species in nature. What would you guess is the most playful creature on the planet? It's easy to think monkeys, chimpanzees. Actually, the octopus has been found to be the most playful creature on the planet. A research scientist also observed a Komodo dragon walking around balancing a bucket on its head. No reason for it, it was just playing around. Jonathan Pruitt, who is the research chair at McCaster University, has studied the fascinating world of social spiders. And he found that young female spiders that play produce more offspring and live longer. So there you go, maybe that's an inexpensive and fun fertility treatment for you. Incorporate more play into your life in all aspects of your life, not just in the bedroom. Though many couples experience that once the pressure of getting pregnant is gone, then they get pregnant. And that's because play is not performance-based. 
Play is outside the pressure of performance, and ironically, we are often better able to reach desired results when we approach something with a perspective of play rather than work. It goes back to which brain filter we're applying. Remember we talked about filters in the Abundance at Christmas episode? Sometimes the best way to accomplish my goals is to apply a brain filter of play rather than a brain filter of work performance. Another scientist's research showed that play-deprived rats developed poor social skills as well as depression, and play-deprived hamsters didn't handle defeat well. Poor social skills, depression, not handling defeat well. It sounds a lot like we could be describing society as a whole, not just rats and hamsters. So science and nature shows me the importance of play in my intellectual, emotional, social, mental, and physical development. So how can I incorporate the power of play into my daily life? In short, how can I become more playful? Hmm, playful, that sounds like a good word for the year. Well, let's do it. Let's talk about four specific areas where we can give ourselves permission to play. Number one, Permission to play first. I used to believe I had to have all of my chores done before I could play, but what I learned was that chores are never done. There is always more work to be done, so I'd never end up playing. Part of my healing process, I had to do a big brain switch, and I told myself I had to get my play done first before I could work. And it had to be deliberate play mindful play, something that I really wanted, something that I enjoyed, something that was active and recharged me. And one of the first things was that I joined a gym and I did workouts and took yoga classes. And so instead of waking up and showering and getting all ready first thing in the morning, I just woke up and put on workout clothes and dropped my older kids off to school, took my younger boys, took them to the gym daycare, and then went and did a workout. A lot of times we would leave the gym and go directly to the park and maybe I had packed a little sack lunch for us and I would push the boys on the swing and help them go down the slide and then we'd have a little lunch and all of you who work slash play with children all day are recognizing my sneaky tactics of getting them well and worn out to have good afternoon naps. Regardless of whether taking care of children all day is work or play, you definitely need a break. Nap time is glorious. And by the time I pulled back into my driveway, it could be one o'clock. My girlfriends had already finished a game of Settlers of Catan, and I hadn't even showered for the day, let alone got any quote-unquote work accomplished. This was a real mindset shift for me, and I wish I could convey how healing it was for me to give myself permission to play. And I felt this space open in my life. It was a space that I had created for play. And along with play in that space, I started to experience other things growing as well. Seeds of passion and discovery and desire. Desire to live a full and rich life. Desire to find and explore more of these unique and happy moments. And then what I discovered is that my work didn't feel so heavy. I actually got my work done quicker and more effectively because I was energized by this power and this permission to let myself play first. This isn't a principle I apply perfectly every day. I still struggle to get motivated. And when I'm having a day where it's just hard to get my battery going, this is one of my most useful tools to pull out of my toolbox, the permission to play. And I think, what is something that charges me up? What is something that energizes me and gets me going? 
for me, I have to remember that it's not sitting on the couch with a book or a game on my phone because that will lead to a rabbit hole of surfing on Facebook, surfing on the internet, or playing Settlers of Catan on the phone. And then eventually I will get drowsy and if I'm on the couch, I will be asleep. But if I get a notebook out and I start writing my ideas or reading through some of my old notebooks, that gets me going. That sparks my creativity and my imagination and I start channeling into my passion and my playfulness again. So think about when you struggle to get motivated, when you're having a hard time getting your motor going, what is something that feels playful to you? What is something you really enjoy? What is something that charges you up, energizes you? And give yourself permission to do it. And give yourself permission to do it right now. Give yourself permission to do it first before you get your chores done. And then somehow you'll find that you get your chores done a little more easily. Okay, number two is kind of just the opposite of number one, but it also works really effectively. I give myself permission to get my work done fast so that I can play. Every day we have the essential to-dos. We have the things that really need to get done. We've got to call the insurance agent. We've got to schedule the orthodontist appointment. We've got to buy new reeds for the oboe. We need to respond to email, pay our bills online, and clean up breakfast dishes. It's often in doing these more mundane and simple tasks that I find myself getting distracted, getting sucked into my buffers, because I'm not all that excited about paying my online bills. I'd much rather peruse the online articles about the best Oscar dresses. And somehow from Oscar dresses, I end up watching a documentary about the top 10 Oscar Wilde plays, which leads me into the 50th anniversary celebration of the Osmonds on Oprah. When at the end of the day, I really didn't care that much about learning of Oscar Wilde or watching the Osmonds on Oprah. There were other ways I would have preferred to play if I had just been more mindful about it. One of my favorite little gadgets was a $15 cube timer that I found on Amazon and it has the numbers 30 or 20 or 15 or 10 or 5 and you just tip it over. It's a timer. You just tip it to if you want it set for 30 minutes or tip it if you want it set for 15 minutes. And I purchased it, of course, for instrument practice and I really thought $15 was kind of overpriced for this little gadget, but it has been well worth its money and I end up using it to set a timer for myself for tasks, especially when I sit at my computer. I'll set a timer. I'm going to respond to emails, do my online bills, and I have 15 minutes to do it because we all know that any task will expand to fill the amount of time that you have to do it. And so setting boundaries allows my brain to be more focused and finish those work tasks so that I can make sure I still have time and space to play and to play in a way that's mindful and meaningful and recharging to me. Number three, permission to find your fun. Permission to discover what is play to you. It can be hard to be motivated to get work done if you don't really know what you like to do for fun. That rhymed and I didn't even mean it to. Think about, write down, what are 10 things you can give yourself permission to do that feel playful? I'm guessing for a lot of us, we've never even thought about this before. What is it that I like to do? What is playful to me? If I can channel my inner child and goof around without anyone watching, without anyone judging, what would I do? Most of the time when I default to browsing Facebook or playing solitaire or Candy Crush or online shopping or channel surfing, it's because I haven't decided what I want to do. I haven't planned to play. I haven't given myself permission to find my fun. When I was a missionary, one of my mission companions told me, she said, when you find that zone where you are able to be yourself and have fun as a missionary, that's when you will be powerful. 
So right now, on a scale of 0 to 10, how playful would you rate your life? How playful are you on a day-to-day basis? And if your number's pretty low, and I can really relate to that, here is an official invitation to find your fun. Give yourself permission to discover your play. And this isn't a work assignment. This isn't one more thing that you have to do. This is fun. Brainstorm, think about 10 things that feel playful to you. I bet you can easily give me 10 things on your to-do list today. Can you as easily give me 10 things on your playlist? One of those fun things might be creating a fun playlist. Collect some of your favorite dancing jams. Gather them in one place. Turn them on at 10 o'clock in the morning on your way to your Settlers of Catan playdate and jam out. And number four is permission to change my mind about work and play. I give myself permission to make my work playful. Washing dishes, calling the insurance company, scheduling the orthodontist appointment, I can find ways to make those more fun. Setting a timer and having a little race with myself, that's one way that works for me. It's just a little competition, just something that makes it a little bit more fun to get done. Calling insurance companies for comparable rate quotes and using a funny accent, that could be pretty hilarious too. This really is the Mary Poppins principle, isn't it? Mary Poppins said, in any job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Find the fun and snap the jobs a game. And then Julie Andrews goes on to sing the infamous spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So what are little ways to make the household jobs a little more fun? For kids, you can say, when you wake up, Johnny, make your bed, then come and give me a kiss or come get a high five. Suddenly, it's not as much about making the bed as it is about racing to get the high five or racing to get the little kiss. For my Cub Scouts, I can make myself hoarse yelling, sit down, be quiet, stop playing, stop climbing on the wall, stop climbing on each other, stop climbing on the other scout leader, put the chairs away. It's time to sit down, be quiet, and listen. I can do that forever with no results. But if I say, all right, the last one in the circle ready for the Pledge of Allegiance gets to scrub my toilets, boom, the scouts are in and quiet just like that. And somehow I'm always the last one that ends up in the circle so that I'm the one that has to go home and clean my own toilets. And the Cub Scouts think that that's really funny. Cub Scouts, it's Kismith. Keep it simple and make it fun. Find a way to make it fun. Okay, everyone put their chair away and then come get a cookie. Kismith, keep the have to do simple and make them as fun as possible, or at least as quick as possible. As I'm scripting this, I can see a gazillion ways that I can be more playful in my day-to-day life. I actually don't even really feel very playful today. We've been buying cars and registering kids for college and making down payments on orthodontic treatment and making big life decisions and somehow all this adulting just doesn't feel so playful. And this is such a good reminder to me to lower the stakes. These things are really probably not life or death and I don't need to take them all so seriously. I can give myself permission to change my mind about work and to be more playful. My brain really loves to try to make things look like work. So when my podcasting or my writing starts to feel like work, I remind myself, I don't have to do it. I don't have to write. I don't have to podcast. No one will die if I don't put out an episode. The world is not going to end. I'm not going to set off the zombie apocalypse. I remind myself, I want to write. I want to do a podcast. When my brain starts to tell me that it will be hard and cumbersome, that I won't be good enough, that people won't like it, I tell my brain to get in the backseat. I'm going to put on my silly chauffeur hat and drive today, and I'm going to do it playfully. 
The bottom line is that anything in life feels like work if you've done it for too long without a break. If you've been with kids for too long without a break, yes, it feels like work. If you've played basketball for too many hours, yes, that's going to feel like work. So breaks are powerful and play breaks even the most powerful, giving ourselves a chance to take a break and to do something mindfully playful that is active rest. Play is active rest. And play allows us to recuperate, regenerate, recharge. So how about you? What do you love to do? How do you like to play? What are ways that you are excited to be more playful in your life? Number one, you can give yourself permission to play first, even before the chores are done. Number two, you can give yourself permission to get your chores done fast so that you can play and that you can have more time to play. Number three, you can give yourself permission to find your fun. Give yourself permission to discover, explore, experiment. Find your fun. Find your play. Number four, you can give yourself permission to change your mind about work and play. You can make your work more playful. You can make those tasks and chores feel more like play. It's a great brain trick. Thank you for joining me. This has been an awesome episode for me and a great reminder of how to be more playful, lower the stakes, not take life so seriously. And I hope that you've gotten something out of it too, because play is powerful. Play is a power principle, and I'm excited for you to power up your life by giving yourself permission to play. Thank you for tuning in. This is Malia Warner. I will meet you back here next week with another great episode of Power Principles, the podcast. Have a great week, everybody.